All right, this week on the Dragzine Podcast, we have decided to take things to an unacceptable level of fun, brought on the cast of Season 3 of the 10K Drag Shootout, plus producer Dimitri for this. It's going to be insane, folks. Um, if you have small children or people that are easily offended or the elderly, you might want to cover their ears and send them to the other room because it could get interesting at times. Gentlemen, how's it going? so much to go over so much to touch on and we're just gonna we're gonna dive right in i've got some questions here i'm gonna ask you know i'll throw them out there ask the person and we can discuss and see where it goes i'm gonna pick on team mac adam first because they are the champions and we will give them the champions question first you know you guys you came in with a plan you executed it you pulled out the victory you know did everything kind of go according to plan? Was there any point where you guys were kind of like, eh, this, this ain't going too well? Uh, you know, I mean, the, honestly, the plan was somewhat loose because, you know, we didn't know what vehicle we were going to get. You know, we knew our engine combo. We knew the turbo combo. So powertrain-wise, we were good. And short of having to pay some more money, you know, when Jim ratted us out on turbo and converter stuff. But, uh, you know, we had to pay more money for it. But – the plan was still pretty much there. Uh, the only issue we had was wastegate. Yeah, yeah. The wastegate really hosed us up. Um, you know, we didn't have a shifter until almost the end. You know, there was an issue with the shifter getting ordered. So if we could have had a couple of things, we, we would have had a couple more days to figure out the wastegate was bad and stuff. But we told them not to put the turbo there. It's just the wastegate. It's all good. All right, well, you know, kind of going off of that, I'll throw it to, to Marcus and Bobby here. You know, do you guys think not being able to get any extra dyno poles or anything like that under your belt, you know, did that really hurt you guys at the track? Do you think you would have had something for Mac in the finals if you guys would have been able to really get a handle on the car more? Everything hurt us. We had no dyno time. We had no tuner. We had no nothing. We out there was flying blonde. It really killed us on day one being way out in left field because not only did we have to try to get help from friends and figure out tune and stuff, we still had to figure out the chassis. So by the time we got that squared away in the tune-up, it was already – we're into the second day of racing. We got one more chance at it. And a car we just built in 10 days, you know what I mean? So you got all the other problems. Now, hey, let's throw a curveball. Let's throw a fucking laptop at you, you know? Let's open up Holly software. You only looked at it three times in your life, you know? Okay. Yeah. You guys just brought up a very interesting point, and I'm going to go around the horn here, and I'm going to start with Jim on this. You get a lot of the people that say, oh, I could do that on the comments in the Facebook section, and just based on what Marcus said right there on how crazy it is, what's your take on those people that say, oh, I could do that, no problem, in 10 days, easy? Well, it's certainly not easy. I think that the show showcased um, four very knowledgeable teams um and for really um real real world scenarios that come up you know and our like marcus was saying he'd only looked at a holly screen three times in his life um you know prior to uh prior to the show i'd never looked at a holly screen you know never uh never thought that it would be that big of a deal i guess you can say i was kind of like that guy sitting at home saying we could do that too but i can tell you that uh Building the car wasn't a problem. Building the drivetrain wasn't a problem. Uh, was it tough? Yeah, absolutely it was tough. But having the knowledge to go in there and execute it all, put it all together and make it all work uh, in a limited time, along with 
shipping issues because we all had problems. None of us had the problems, you know, that Geo really had as far as the shipping stuff went, but all of us had a hold of us as far as that went. Uh, and it's really easy to sit back at home and say you can do it, but it, you know, I can, I can say, and I'll, I'll stick to this to this day. You know, we had a world-class team. Um, we did not have the expertise in the turbo and fuel injection stuff. And that's actually why we chose to do that combination. And I know that sounds goofy going into a contest, but we wanted to push our limits and see what we could, you know, what we could do in a limited amount of time. Um, in retrospect, that wasn't the best plan. You know, we probably should have done something that we were, you were good. I've been to nitrous since I was 15 years old. Um, probably should have done a nitrous car, but I wouldn't know what I know today if I had done that. So now I feel comfortable that, you know, we can jump on and, and do some stuff. And of course, uh, just like out in California, I was leaning on every one of these guys, and especially Adam. Uh, but every, all the teams were helpful as far as like I went to them, and I, you know, I didn't come in and flex and say, "Hey, look, I know everything there is to know about this stuff." I came out and said, "Hey, look, I know shit about this stuff." And our fifth guy, you know, our other team member couldn't come who does do that stuff, and he was, you know, he was stuck with emergency back surgery. So we were, you know, we were like, we were out in left field, really. Gio, this is, you know, this was your, your second rodeo, you know, what's your take on the, the, the keyboard warrior types that think that, it, you know, you can slap one of these cars together in 10 days with this budget. Let's, let's post the link right here to apply. Literally. Um, I think, you know, given the fact that um, I've been on it, you know, for the past two years, you got to be in a scenario where anything can and will happen. Honestly. I mean, you can go in there with a game plan. It doesn't matter because things are going to happen. Um, you know, we were just talking about that ordeal with last year, the whole fire. Um, we were pretty confident we had the car to beat last year. It made great power on the dyno. Um, you know, it was built right. And, and then the fire happened. And after that, it was just a, a whole bunch of things that kind of snowballed. Plus, it, it, you know, it kind of takes a toll in, in you uh, mentally. You know, you just worked on something for – next amount of time and you just see it go up in flames and now you got to do it all over again um uh, you know everybody did have their challenges um but you know once you apply and, and you go through the whole process and you're there i would say take it all in and just you know go at it 110 percent. things are going to happen you know the cards may fall in your favor they may not but you go out there you go out there swinging it's all you can do all right now uh, the next question is going to be fun. We're going to get everybody's take on this. We're going to try to keep it some order in the courtroom, but I, I, I think we might get an eruption here from everybody. Adam, do you guys really think you're going to sneak all those parts in? <laughs> um, so, yeah, of course. Um, the turbo I knew was going to be close. I mean, we knew Lonnie was going to measure it. I didn't know – we didn't know it had didn't have some markings on it that it needed. So the turbo was that was all mine. I, I told uh, Robert. I told Robert what to send us, and I never told him it had to be a factory OE exhaust wheel measuring. Yeah. I just thought cast eighty was our limit. So then once we knew it was wrong, I was like, it's already on its way. So we're just gonna try to sneak her in there. We didn't plan on cheating on that one. It just happened. Right. That was the other right. stuff we planned on cheating on. We got caught. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, and the converter, it really was, you know, I tried to plead my case at the time to Lonnie and the jury, but it didn't really work. It, it really was about three months old of a converter. The one I, I bought to replace it had just gotten done, but either way, it, uh, 
it was relative. We're just really not good at cheating. Yeah. We never cheat, so we didn't really know how. Um, We're going to take lessons yeah. from Jim for next Jim's year. really good at cheating. He's he didn't take lessons from Jim. <laughs> Actually, Marcus told me a good secret. I'm not going to say anything. But <laughs> yeah, you know. I was say, I, think, I think Marcus is probably the best one at cheating. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, we didn't yeah. cheat. It's we not cheating. The rules. It's not cheating until you get caught. We that. can't that's, why Jim, that's why Jim Bunzer was so high. He got caught all the time. Yeah. <laughs> we came Jim in was like cheating since day one. <laughs> Before you even got on the show. We came in like a bunch of innocent Catholic schoolgirls, and then you guys were all. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Jim, I, I won't say anything about yeah, Can I ask you a question, Jim? We took some of them at one point. Yeah. Jim, ask you a question. <laughs> we all, it's all over. It's all done and over with. All right. How, how, how did you cheat on the voting thing? Man, I just – I told you about that. I got people who are connected. We've got a ton of social media followers, man. That's I have Jim's entire entire strategy of how he got on that show on camera. Listen. I'll have to release it. <laughs> Yo, at the end of the day, on. at the end of the day, out of everybody on this fucking computer screen right now, Jim spent the most money out of all of us. That's what damn Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that the uh, yeah, that, that'll definitely be something. One of the, uh, the the prime cuts that Dimitri has to to release at some point is the uh, th that that whole deal because that's uh, that, that's a story within a story. And all the whole cheating <laughs> thing. One of the funny things I liked about that again being the what what did we do with the show being kind of like the fly on the wall and getting to see what everybody does was watching the whole converter scenario unfold and watching team out in front just circle like sharks because they knew what was coming. They, they, <laughs> they, they saw the Lonnie shark swimming towards, to, towards team Mac. And they're like, it's like in school when you know, someone's going to get in trouble. They're like, Oh, he's going to get a beaten guys. All I know is Lonnie started asking me questions. And then I was like, you're going to have to talk to Adam. And I hit, Listen, I knew it was bad when Lonnie walked there and said, Adam, could you, uh, could you come out from under the truck for a second? <laughs> it was honestly the perfect scenario for the show in a way to to really like set me up because i was under the truck and had no idea of anything like lonnie came over and asked me to come over there but i was just kind of like, yeah i'll be over there in a minute like that guy give us super important and then when nick comes over a few minutes later didn't tell me that he'd already told Lonnie a story. Uh, just like, dude, you better get over there, man. This looks serious. I'm just like, oh, okay, yeah, no problem. Here we go. Marching to my death. Listen, I might have enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, a lot. My a favorite lot shot is Nick smelling the torque converter as if it was burnt. That was mine. Like, man, that thing smells hot. It smells like Marcus's. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that people – it's one of those instances where I wish there was smell-o-vision – where they oh, could yeah. just the burnt the smell of burnt transmission fluid is just permeated the shop after that whole deal to the point where like it was in my nightmares because I've cooked the transmission I'm like oh that's the that's the death smell that's the death smell yeah. guys well we destroyed the whole shop with our transmission smell bro it was so bad had. it was there for days so, <clears throat> I got the converter cut open. The thing started fucking bending the 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 uh, what the fuck on like it? Like the, the flaps on the stator. It started flattening them out on a fucking torque converter from got so much heat in it. And then you know, like the oh band God. support for the power glides that literally just hold the band in. That yeah. whole piece was warped completely purple. 
Oh, it, yeah, too much Carl sauce in there. Too much, man. Way too much. Oh, with that thing sitting on the brake like that, I'm like, oh, this is this is not that thing's not not happy at all. Then it just it escalated from there. Thankfully, it didn't bad happen. But yeah, that was definitely one of those uh, that's not going to end well moments. And you want to you want to know the thought that instantly went through my head when I heard you guys trying to put on the brake and it wasn't working the first. These guys times. are idiots. No, I was like, I'm going to double them. <laughs> Yo, you know what I told Bobby? I told Bobby, I said, listen, I said, I'm making sure that bitch is on the two-step when I race this motherfucker. Like, listen, we will stage while they're doing it. <laughs> I told him, I said, that bitch is even going to go down the track fast or burst into flames. I was going to make sure it was on a spool. Well, well, I know it, it caught me off guard because when we were racing, I'm like, there's that thing spool slow. There's no way he's going in before me. And all of a sudden, I saw your second bulb lit, and I was like, oh, boy, I better get in. Ah. <laughs> as soon as you lit your first bulb, we were right on it. We're like, oh, we know who, we need to be waiting for him. Yeah. You know, one of the interesting things about this year's show, you know, of course, was this uh, this whole COVID thing kind of made things more complex. And we, we had a lot of production issues that made things interesting trying to, you know, fill slots in. Gio and his team came in, and you know, at the last minute, you know, you guys didn't necessarily win. I mean, you didn't win, but do you think overcoming all the hardships and just having a car running to break the beams, you know, do you feel that that was like a, a victory for you guys? Yep. Yep. Um, you know, on, on, on our part with the team, I mean, it was one of those situations where it was just kind of like snowballing effect again, one thing after another with the parts. Um, we called in a whole bunch of friends that, you know, I mean, it, it goes to say we, we owe our friends a lot because they helped us out with a lot of parts that never really got there. Um, the whole transmission ordeal, that was a crazy one right there in, in itself. And the cool thing about it is that, you know, the buddies helped us out. They literally rented a car and they took out a transmission from one of the shop cars. They put it in that rental car and two guys drove it up to us nonstop for 20 hours. So, you know, it's kind of like, what, what do you say to that? I mean, these guys are, are all stops to help you. And, you know, we appreciate that 100%. So we kind of owed it to them to, to finish and, and at least break the beams and hell, man. I mean, that last pass, it was what it was. We just swung for the fences with what we had. Um, you know, it's, it's like I told Dimitri, I told the guys, I'm like, you know, whatever we have at the end of the day, I'm just going to swing for the fences and, and try to drive that thing. Dimitri, from a production standpoint this year, you know, you got all the guys on the call here. What was your take on kind of the, the moment that really, you know, set the season for you for the narrative and what you guys were going to do. What was that moment you're like, all right, this is, this is it. Uh, it was when uh, homegrown grenaded on the dyno. Um, you know, we've had last year, we had enemies, you know, not perform on the dyno. They didn't have high gear in their transmission, but there was no catastrophic failures. And we never had a catastrophic failure during the build. So going into a race, or, you know, a, a day left, you know, what are they going to do? Um, you know, and then of course, unfortunately, when uh, the El Camino, you know, ended up grenading on the track, again, we've, we've never had anything that catastrophic happen on the show. Twice. So yeah, twice. <laughs> unfortunately, it's the same car. But, uh, but you know, being... Be the first, Jim. It just had to be you. <laughs> 
Same course. And Jim course. was worried about us. Yeah, Jim was worried about us putting <laughs> stuff on the track. I mean, we were too a little bit when you had them rods in there, but <laughs> so hey, you I mean, like it, I love it. So hey, it really just goes to show how far these guys are pushing what they're building in 10 days. And again, you know, maybe it was, you know, it's a, a dome sensor here, but you know, it's again, you, when you have 10 days and I really wish a lot of people could understand this, like it's, it is 10 days and it's not like they get 24 hours a day either. It's, it's eight to five or eight to eight and uh, you're at the track. Yeah. The thing that a lot of folks didn't get to see, you know, on the show, we thrashed it. And we heard it on the dyno, and what three hours later we had it back running again, repaired the head, welded the head, machined the head, had it all done, and then go to the track and then destroy the motor. And I had to go to Oakland County, no Orange County. I went to Orange County to buy that five three, and we had to do it with our race day budget. Um, so you know, like I, they can sit at home and say I can do that or this is easy or whatever, but you know, I seriously doubt that me. And I'm not patting us. I'm not trying to pat us on the back. I'm just saying that I seriously doubt that there's many teams who had the amount of drive to show up. Like I could have threw my hat in the first night whenever we chucked the cylinder head off of it in the dyno. Uh, I could have threw my hat in when we killed the motor. But uh, you know, we honestly wanted to race and we wanted to show up. And we, you know, we got that little taste of of good info on the dyno, uh, and we just knew we had a bad hot rod. Um, and to have to drive, you know, all through the night and then stay up all night switching the parts off the blowed up motor onto the other one. And then David and Brett and everybody going to the track. Uh, you know, my guys worked their tails off. All of us did. And we were a guy short. And to set, for somebody to sit at home and say they could do it better, um, you know, I'm just going to say that it's really easy to say it until you're there doing it and you're having to go without sleep and go without all the stuff that you need to do it. Um, and make it all happen on the budget. Uh, and like I said, not trying to pat ourselves on the back because Geo had you know some some really big hangups. Every team in this deal had a bunch of hangups, except for Adam. They started with a truck that was done. Um, but uh, you know, everybody other than Mac, um, you know, we, we didn't bring complete race motors and stuff with us, so we, we had to build shit from nothing. But you know, it's okay. They they had to. Well, we they just cut up your guys' cages and used them. So. So really, I mean, yeah, I'll tell you. Why I think we did as well as we did, and in some ways things looked maybe easy for us is, you know, we didn't have the struggles that you guys had because we literally do this every day. So we could do everything that it took to make that truck go from start to finish. You know, we know Holly. He can fab the shit out of everything. We can, we can build and do any of that stuff. So it's, it's like right in our wheelhouse. So there was nothing for us. It was just we all we needed hardworking dudes, which we had the bet. I mean, we had an unbelievable team of guys that were so focused the whole time. Every day to us was like we had to have the truck done that night. So the motivation and the movement, it was just everybody going, going, going. And since we already knew the plan, what we would do all the time, it just uh, it, it made things go much smoother for us. You know, it, it, us, us planning to get the truck and getting the truck and like things going as planned only motivated us more. So like, we can't say like setbacks would have, you know, we would have just still done just as good with setbacks. We didn't have a whole lot, but like he's saying, we do this every day. So we were a lot more at home, I think, than a lot of other people. I, I told them all when, if we get there and everybody is in the same combo that 
I think everybody else is in trouble. And if we get the S10, they're really effed because it was just everything we needed was that. Now, there's something that I don't think has gotten enough play as it should. And that is for team out in front with what you guys did with that Mustang, leaving the interior in that car. Because usually when we do this show, like it looks like these things got the Detroit special treatment where they're, they're gutted head to toe. If it doesn't make it go faster or stop, it's not on the car. But Andrew Wolf, the editor of Drags, he said, man, these guys are leaving the interior of the car. And then I come strolling in the first day and I look inside that Mustang. I'm like, all right, I'm down. I, I dig it. Why? Why, guys? Why did you put yourself at a weight, almost what can be considered disadvantage, to leave the interior in there? Well, we, we uh, looked, looked at the rules, and we see we had to have a basement anyway. We built Mustangs fucking every day, and we think, you know, we know what they're going to weigh with me in it. And uh, we built them every day, so we know what they're going to weigh in it. We will put me in it, and we knew – we wanted to show that we could build a nice clean street car for ten thousand dollars, not you know something that's cut up. You know, uh, how can I fit it off? Like our biggest thing is, especially like in our area, as soon as you're fast, everybody says you got a race car. So if it's gutted and everything, that's the first thing they look at. Or if you already know we got to be over three thousand X amount pounds, why not put the free weight in there? The free 80 pound dashboard, 20 pounds in door panels and skins, the seats, all that stuff is free weight. To so, wear. so you ain't sitting in this in a pits well in a block in a yeah, car, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, in all fairness, they had maybe the only vehicle that wasn't full of rat shit so that they could keep their interior. We Geo's had to get ours out nice. quick. Geo's car was nice. They just threw it, it out. Nice. Yeah, right. It was nice. I mean, no, kind of. Geo had the nicest car on the show. Start off. He did. That thing was clean. We tore. We tore it up. We tore it up. We we were kind of surprised at what it weighed at the end. I was expecting for it to be at about thirty-one, maybe thirty-one fifty, and it was at twenty-nine hundred. But you know, uh, there was a point where we were just like putting holes on that thing. I mean, we didn't have much else to do, so we were putting holes, trying to drop weight where we could, and. You know, I think that, that it kind of bit us in the rear at the end of the day because then we had to throw all that weight back in. Mm -hmm. uh, we had heads on there. We had uh, manifolds, uh, disc brakes. We had, that, we had that block in there on the passenger seat. It was riding shotgun with me. Uh, you know, you know I, we, uh, I threw about close to 500 pounds of extra weight on it right there. I've seen a midget riding a goat at a rodeo, but I have never seen an engine block used as weight ballast in a race car. That that to me is like, yeah. you're you are not gonna top that right there for ingenuity, in my opinion. That's like you no, know, you, you got to go buy uh, one of the foam LS blocks and put it there, so it's always there. <laughs> yeah, it'll serve as eight cup holders right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you know, the, I think again that's interesting that you know. Team out in front wanted to have their car look a certain way, which I could see when you're trying to, you know, if you look at that car from the passenger or the driver's side from 25 yards away, it just looks like an SN95 Mustang that's got some wheels on it. Well, that was pretty much the game plan we had going into it was build the nicest car possible. Let's try to make it clean, simple, everything hidden and out the way, everything tucked to where when you step back, it still looked like the same crust box we started with. Yeah, it's, right now it still looks like the yeah, same press right box, now, it still looks which like is on 15 by 12s on it, that's all. Another set of free wheels? 
No, no, same ones. They just, you know, I had to throw that out there, that little comment. <laughs> <laughs> when Jim found out we had 15 by 12s. What, what, what's he wished he could have cheated those up on his. He was just trying to figure out why we were mini-tubbing the car the day before. Yeah. You, you know, speaking of chassis stuff, Jim, you guys had David Reese, who is an – the dude's an animal, plain and simple with how he can build anything. He can make anything fast. You know, did, did the chassis turn out like how you guys planned with the car? Yeah, absolutely. And that's, I've had a bunch of G-bodies in the past, so we were happy with the car. And like I said, I was happy with everything about it. We just had some really, really shit luck. Um, and I, you know, I felt like at the end of the day, I felt like I let my team down because I wanted to build something that we hadn't done before. And, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of felt like, you know, they did their part and then, uh, you know, I kind of messed up all my part. So, um, but at the end of the day, I, you know, I think that it's going to make us stronger as a team, um, you know, no matter. And so now we've got the, We've got some, we got a perfect R&D car to do what we want to do. And we've been doing it, you know, with the car since we got it home. So that's uh, uh, a lot of fun. And we learned a lot. And that, so, you know, I think good time, I say it all the time, you're going to pay for an education one way or the other. And we, you know, unfortunately we got took to the, you know, the school of Mac, uh, but uh, <laughs> it was a lot of fun and uh, look forward to uh, look forward to racing with those guys and, like I said, after, you know, just having the car home for about 48 hours, we found the little problems that we had and we addressed them. And, you know, the things super, super bad. Adam, your dog's doing something on the couch. I'm not sure it needs to be on live TV. Oh, boy. <laughs> Dimitri. Best to let him finish it. Yeah. Let, let, let's go off of that. Dimitri, is there, is there some stuff maybe on, you know, the behind-the-scenes magic portion side of things where you see stuff where it's like, Oh, we, we can't really have that on the show, but you want to put it on. You know, is there anything that you think of that you just – you wanted to put out there, but you just – you couldn't? Oh, oh I mean, uh, when uh, Team Homegrown <laughs> brought all the sex toys in. And, the uh, bombs. Put, them, put them all over uh, Villain Squad's uh, Firebird. Unfortunately, that can't make the cut. Um, uh. You know, but it's funny because uh, everything that happens in the show, it happens. You know, and I think a lot of people uh, – think it's scripted drama but it really isn't and uh it's it's incredible what actually happens when you put people under stress (laughs) for 10 days (laughs) and and i think people dimitri don't understand because if 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 you read some of the comments and what people say they don't understand you've got to tell a story with this if it's just you know 25 minutes of these guys beat on cars i mean to, to us car geeks yeah, that's awesome. But you, we need to draw in and tell a story. Yeah, and that's the thing. This is, that's not what this show is. I, we, we've never t- said anything different about that. This is not a, a, it's a build show, and we want to truly you know, show all the creative ways of how a team can build something in 10 days for such a limited budget. But it's not. I mean, it's, it's a $10,000 drag shootout. You have 10 days and 10 grand, and you only have a couple passes to be able to try to win your car. I mean, just that those elements alone are going to cause drama. You know? And it's, you're putting a whole bunch of people in a hot shop with work, tools they've never worked with before. And of course, people are going to clash. It's a bunch of egos, a bunch of drag racers. What do you expect? <laughs> well, Jim had all his tools. Yeah. He brought a trailer full of his tools. Jim had his whole shop. But he did let us use some. Thanks, Jim. You know, 
Marcus and Bobby, a lot of people don't realize the, the situation you guys were in per se, because this, you know, to say you, you were behind the eight ball with everything is kind of an understatement as well, right? Big time. The flood man killed us prior to coming into this because we were so prepared like Jim. We planned on bringing our full trailer. We were driving out there. We were making the long haul cross country with tools, parts, all this stuff. And then the whole shop got leveled. It's like, all right, we got no tools, no parts, no nothing. Now what do we do? We got a little bit of, we got a Harbor Freight around the corner and a engine challenge that starts in a half hour. We literally got to run over there and figure out what we can get in 10 minutes. And those were our tools for the 10 days, whatever we found right before the first challenge on day one. A lot of people don't see that. A lot of people don't know that we only had 20 minutes in Harbor Freight to get tools together before that first challenge. We didn't have not, no tools before that. You know, that was uh, the uh, pandemic. We couldn't share tools. So, you know, it was one of those things where everything happened last minute with Villain Squad coming in last minute. Again, we had no idea if Marcus and the guys were able to come out. So, and yeah, Marcus is right. We were getting ready to do the Hot Riders of Tomorrow Challenge, and we turned to them, and they're like, they were empty-handed just standing there. <laughs> well, that was our first stop off the plane, man. We stopped at Harbor Freight. You know, so try you, building a try building a race car with Harbor Freight tools in ten days. <laughs> you, you, sure, we, we all, do it every all day. day. You want to see my shop? That's all yeah. I got. <laughs> we do it every day. Yeah. You know, Gio, what was your guys' set of challenges like coming in, you know, on short notice as well? It's, you know, it, it's like a, a, you know, NHL or a, uh, a baseball player getting called up at the last second. You know, that's kind of like what you guys got through. You know, you just had a chance to pack a bag and roll out, right? Yeah, pretty much. Um, we had gotten some – well, I got some calls from uh, Scott and some messages. I was on the dyno tuning a, a car – and, uh, you know, the phone was, was ringing, so I came and checked, returned the calls, and it's pretty much the invite, you know. It was kind of one of those things where, hey, man, um, you want to show up for this? And even then, I mean, to do it in such a short amount of time is, is just crazy. Uh, knowing what I know and now knowing what you guys know, um, you know, you, you can never be too prepared, but you can get there unprepared. Uh, the year before, you know, uh, Horsepower Wars did provide some tools, but Jesse Adams you know, he took like a whole bunch of tools that kind of, you know, spoiled us a bit because we had everything we needed. And uh, given given the circumstances, obviously they couldn't do that anymore this year as far as sharing tools and, and whatnot. But um, so we got the call and, and one of the things I, you know, I, I, I talked to Scott about that was I had to talk to the guys and, and you know, it, it had to be like a team ordeal, team decision because uh, it was going to be crazy. And I don't think the guys understood the amount of, or the level of craziness I was talking about. Um, so they were all gun ho man. I mean, they were willing to step up to the plate and, and, and swing at it. And uh, so it's just kind of like pack a bag and let's roll out. We'll, we'll take whatever tools we can and figure it out while we're there. I mean, there wasn't really enough time to do anything else. Um, you know, had we had a little bit more preparation time, probably would have gotten a trailer and, you know, figured some stuff out along the way, where, where especially an engine. I would have had an engine shipped over there. I figured we we're going to find one over there pretty quick. And, you know, given the circumstances, we weren't able to get pistons or rods. So that's kind of what made me look specifically for the Gen 4 engine. Otherwise, we would have just gotten a Gen 3 and, and, you know, stuck some pistons and rods in it and, and called it a day with that. Um, but more than anything, I mean, it, it was just coming across certain things. Obviously, you know, the parts not showing up the way we, we thought they would. Um, 
shorthanded a couple parts here and there, but it all added up at the end of the day, you know, we basically, you know, like everybody else, you run out of time. Uh, you figure things are going to kind of fall into place. Uh, but at the end of the day, they don't. So you just got to work through it. Going off of that, that when people ask me, you know, well, what, what's the, te- what, you know, what's this, what's this all about? What's it like? And the way I describe it is it's like your worst possible day at a racetrack when it comes to a thrash for 10 days straight. Like every day is just you, when you're done at the end of the day, you feel like you've just been beat within an inch of your life mentally and physically, and you've got to do it again in the next day. Going off of that, I'm going to ask each of you, I want to have each of you answer this question. We'll start with Jim. Was this competition tougher than you expected? No, I don't think it was tougher at all than what I expected. Um, the, the show was tougher than I expected, but I don't think that the group of guys that we raced with, I had a general idea as to how fast these things were going to go. Um, and I don't think that the competition was harder, but the show itself was harder. Yes. Um, much harder because we had so many curveballs, and we thought, you know, we tried and executed our plan. Um, we brought as much stuff with us as we could. Um, and obviously, like I said, in hindsight, you know, I, I feel like, uh, we should have done things a little bit differently, but, um, we can't back up and that's how it is. So, but through it all, it, you know, it put us where we, where we are right now. And for that, I'm thankful. Um, but I don't think that, I don't think any one of the teams, um, is a team that we can't beat right now. Um, uh, and I feel like that, you know, going on to, I, you know what I'm saying? I, I just, and I think any one of these four teams could go back and win that same shootout um, on any given day. You know what I'm saying? I, I, what really sucks is that this particular show, this particular episode, season, um, it showcased a whole lot about the teams, but it really didn't showcase the raw amount of talent that was really there. And uh, But I guess if the show, if everybody would have been perfect, the show probably wouldn't have been as good as what it was. So I guess, it, you know, it's kind of part of how it works out. Marcus and Bobby, was the competition and everything tougher than what you guys expected? It was definitely tougher than you, you think. Because you think, you know what I mean, 10 days, is, you can build a car. We do it every day. But when you're down at day seven and you still got a turbo kit, you know, you got a transmission that's sitting out there, you, you got an unfinished fuel system, and, you know, two days left to order parts. It's like, what the hell do we do now? Yeah. The challenge going into it, no. Like Jim said, you look at it, it's we could build a car in 10 days. But when you get there and – Day four comes around, your K members still didn't show up, your parts still aren't here, you don't know where you're going to find stuff. That's when it gets more challenging. That's when reality sets in like, oh, we're literally in the middle of nowhere. Everything's shut down for COVID. Your front bars are in S10. These guys, we already done cut our cage up. We're there on day one flying completely blind, no idea. And now you're trying to find inch and five-ace tubing in California on a Saturday at six in the afternoon. That's the part the comments don't see, all that stuff. And each team had their problems. I'm not saying we're the only ones, but we all went through stuff like that. That's where it got tough. That's the part that's challenging that you don't think about. You don't think about, I mean, where can I find an engine air? Where can I find a transmission? Or I need some, a set of rims. You don't think about none of that because when you're at home, you can get that shit anywhere. You can go and crack this and I can find 10 sets of rims down the street for 20 minutes. Yeah, I mean, not in California. Even look It's at seven hours away. You're like... God, and LS is a dime a dozen around here. You could find them in anyone's backyard. Jim had to drive three hours for a plain Jane Gen 3. Yep. Yep. 
Adam and Nick, your thoughts? Was it, you know, you guys being the uh, first time in this, was it tougher than what you thought it was going to be? I think the the actual, like, physical aspect, we're used – I mean, we've swapped motors on drag week and it lights out and all that. So, like, I think the physical aspect was a lot easier, like, than I had planned on, but it was the budget aspect of – Oh, we'll take that seat off. We got to get a plastic seat, not aluminum one. We can't even afford this fuel fitting. We got to put a, a rubber coupler here instead of a V-band. Like, I don't want to use rubber couplers because what if it blows off going down the track and then we lose the race? Like, the battle of spend money on this versus save money on this was, I think, our biggest uh, hurdle. But I think we did pretty well with it. I don't. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. That's exactly what I was going to say. Our our hardest thing was the budget and we build stuff on some of a budget. You think you do stuff on a budget and then you look at that amount of money you have to spend. And, you know, we're going out there wanting to do what we always do because we know how that works. So when we would have to buy a part that isn't normal for us to use, like the VS injectors, like that makes me nervous because we don't use those things much or the VS wastegate, you know, we don't use that stuff. And some people don't understand part of the reason we put the turbo up top was, one, because they told me we can't. And two was it, sold, it saved us – like we were putting a turbo in the rear no matter what because the weight, the bias. But it saved us $300 on a scavenge pump from Summit. Plus lines and fittings that we yeah. would have had to run. So, I mean, it was a – every night we went home and spent a couple hours occasionally arguing, arguing <laughs> what we were going to spend the budget on. But, yeah, we were swapping returning parts all the time, and we didn't have a plan for wheels. I mean, if, if Nick Hatton have came through and won the wheels – it probably would have had the stock ones on it. We didn't have, yeah, we didn't have the budget for other stuff. So, I mean, luck was on our side in a lot of ways too. I mean, if you, I mean, if you go back and they show the budgets at the end, if you look how far over budget we were, that doesn't include any wheels. Right. I mean, we got super lucky. If we would have got the third challenge and got that dang HP ECU that old Marcus and Bobby got, we might even have to turn up a little more some stuff. I I shouldn't have stuck up for Bobby when his car was a piece of crap. (laughs) I was like, man, that's not fair. Bobby needs a better car. Oh, Jim over there tuning his up in the corner. Yeah, Yeah, let's not leave out the fact that Jim, once again, trying to cheat, got himself when he put them radios on. Cheaters never win. (laughs) (laughs) You remember that. Uh, Every time time you cheat, Jim will cost you. Karma was not Jim's friend the whole week for some reason. Nope. At all, man. Back to the whole build thing, a lot of times the people at home don't realize valve stems. Rubber fittings, rubber discs, little bitty things that, that you take for granted. Like all of us have tons of shit in the shop. I'm building somebody's car and I'm building a build for somebody. If it needs a part, I go get it. And that show actually showed me that like I'm not charging enough. I'm not I'm not getting yeah. these little things that yeah. you don't have to yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, when you when you really look at it, what you put on the cars that we all take advantage of, you know, all oh, it needs a set of lug nuts. Okay, we'll go buy a set of lug nuts. Well, guess what? That just came off your budget. Um, it needs a hose clamp. Well, you know, we were out there digging through the dumpster getting junk hose clamps, stuff like that that people at home don't really see. That it, the budget is every dollar that goes into that car. Well, that's and, the thing uh, that really makes that's a tough deal to help with. Yep. Geo, you know, you, you th- this wasn't your first dance party. What was the toughest part about this year for you guys? Because you've done the Dream Team deal before, yeah. but this year was a little different. What was what was the, the toughest part for you this year? 
Well, you know, realistically, if, if I look at everything, so last year, Dream Team, we got, you know, six guys that have never worked together, put them together and build a car. And this year, we kind of did the same thing. You know, the, the guys I brought out there with me, we've never worked together before. So you kind of go in there hoping everything's going to, like, mesh the way it needs to in order to get things done. But more than anything, I would say uh, it was just the parts. The parts not showing up on time because – you know, we wanted to get the S10 just for the mere fact, and I'm sure everybody else did as well, because it was halfway done as far as you didn't have to take off an engine, you didn't have to remove a transmission or anything. You just, you know, clean it up and get to work on it. But when I saw these guys tear down that, that car with uh, two hours and a half, I was like, oh, okay, we're, we're going to get something done here pretty quick. And uh, with that being said, you know, we, we would get some parts and, and, and then we'd go at 110%, and then we had to stop. And, uh, you know, a couple of us had to be out there hunting down more parts and, and figuring out what was happening with them. Um, I know we hit up a couple stores when, when parts just weren't showing up and they were already cleaned out but by a couple of the other guys. Um, but, yeah, more than anything, I would say, you know, those were the two big factors because the team worked well together. I mean, they, they worked way better than what, you know, I could ever ask for. Um, you know, they went 110%. It was just the parts holding us back. And I think that was one of the more frustrating things that, once we got rolling with things, we would run out of stuff to put on the car. So I was like, okay, what do we do now? Um, I know, you know, there was a whole big controversy and, and people were telling me about a beach day. There really wasn't a beach day. We were done with what we had to put on the car. And the guys were like, what are we going to do? You know, I mean, do we just stare at everybody working? Do, what, what do we do? So, you know, we wanted to go have a meal and, and we went down and we had a meal by the beach. Uh, well, but was, well, I got to say though, well, you didn't have brake lines going to the track on day one. That, now, that was they that had was those at O'Reilly. That was overseen. Yeah, that was some. And honestly, before we left, it was one of those things where you know what, we're gonna get them over there because they gotta be over there. That was something that was overseen. And and uh, given the fact, obviously, you know, everybody can probably go back and take a couple things here and there that you would have done differently. That would have been one of the major things for us. But you know, we would have. It was one of those things where there was there was going to be a couple shops here and there that they told us about, and we figured they'd be there. Um, and I think given the circumstances, we kind of concentrated on a couple of the things first, like, you know, getting our engine and a couple other things because, you know, obviously without an engine, we really can't even run the car. I mean, I was going to have the guys push the car, and, and we were going to make some turbo noises, et cetera. But, yeah, the brake, the brake fittings were a big one for us where it's kind of like, all right, well, we couldn't get them. You know, here we are in the, in the middle of the track and, and we're driving away 30 miles, 40 miles, 50 miles. I know me and Russ headed out to a couple of different towns just trying to come up with something to put together. And, uh, you know, it was one of those things where we just couldn't find them. Parts that were kind of common where I'm from, you couldn't find them over there. I was really surprised at that. Um, like a roller but I'm Yeah, like brake line by us. Because by us, 316's brake line, everything rots away here in Philly and Delaware in this whole tri-state area. So that's on handy at every advance, O'Reilly's, AutoZone, all that. We get out there, stuff don't rot in California. There's one roll in stock. And guess what? One of the four teams bought it. Now you got to drive 40 minutes to another O'Reilly's 40 minutes away because they already got it. Yep, yep. Can I just say – Hank's Hardware has everything oh, any yeah. of us needed. So Dude, you gotta, <laughs> give Hank a plug. Dude, Hank's Hardware man. is badass. Rock auto, man. I'm telling you, this is good. Cheaper, too. All your LS accessories. Well, 
you know, there's always a little bit of a interesting, we'll just call it pettiness that kind of happens before, during, and after. And there's been some, uh, there's some, been some chatter on the internet from some past people that have competed on the show that, uh, that they, you know, weren't impressed with this year. They don't think the cars were as fast, you know, what, what are your guys' thoughts on that? You know, what's we were, uh, we, we were at six thousand foot elevation. Yeah, we were literally in a desert. These guys were yeah. at lights out. It's the yeah. best radio race in America. Prep wasn't even a factor. They didn't even have to think about suspension. They just yeah, meanwhile we're all running the power literally, there's rattlesnakes at the track. And it's 110 degrees out. Yeah, 110 yeah. degrees, six thousand foot elevation. What like? You know what I gotta say about that? Something nobody knows. What was it? And so you know what I got to say about that? Let's have a horsepower war shootout. Get all the cars together. Everybody put a thousand bucks. Want to take off? Listen, we can do. What's that? Four. We still got the baddest car then. Yup. We'll just have a shootout. I, I showed Jimmy fast. <laughs> this is going to happen. Listen, if if since we're racing now and the ten thousand dollars and the trucks are on the line, they're going to allow me to actually have. <laughs> a healthy oh, yeah. amount of timing yeah. that the truck should actually have. Yeah. You guys have no idea how many, like how long we argued that they would not give me any amount of timing in the vehicle. Like, I mean, we, I didn't, would, we didn't have to though. I mean, my argument always was, yeah, Nick was on me the whole time. Let's put power in it. Let's put power in it. We didn't need to yet. I mean, and he was worried that the problem was going to be is you guys, somebody was going to have a Hail Mary and finally figure it out. And then we might, that was a risk we were taking. We might not have enough in it, but until that point, I mean, shit, we were a half a second ahead of everybody. So, you know, we're playing with stock bottom end stuff. What is the half a second? I'm saying half a second. He was three, two tenths, two and a half tenths. That was on the that was on the last pass though. But before that, was that one, there more than three tenths in front of me, bro. <clears throat> no, no, that was a twenty to us, a, a fifty or something, sixty, yeah. seventy. Oh. Who knows? And that's what I think is that's what I think is really important about the shootout. Yeah. And we knew our truck at 60. We're the only one that went down every pass without shaking the tire. I honestly thought like my biggest worry about you guys, Marcus and stuff, was that you were, you know, you were hundred pounds or so under us. I thought you would just throw hundred pounds in the trunk to get that thing to work, and then we might be in trouble. That was where I was. I worried you might just throw the weight in it because you had weight to give up. It was the Andy Robar whooping our ass more than anything. Yeah, honestly, the part in the back. The biggest me. thing killed it was it being like it was shifting on us. So the back end of the car was literally changing its preload and pinion angle every time the Andy Robar shifted. So the whole first day we fought that problem on top of trying to figure out the tune up and make sure we're not going to burn this thing up. Well, let me say, uh, leave springs to the front. And, and, and real quick, Brian, that's, that's another huge aspect of the concept of the show. You know, a lot of people say it's like, oh, you know, you're, you're limiting these guys to five qualifiers and just, you know, round one and finals. That's it. Like, yeah. you, they need to figure out their car in five passes or less. I mean, it's, you know, they get 10 days and you got to figure it out. I mean, again, yeah, anybody can dial a car, you know, day after day after day, but. Yeah. That's the fun challenge of it. It's you know that's part of the deal is you don't have much time, so you got to hope you're coming in with with some idea and plan of what to do because you don't have much time to figure it out. I would absolutely love to see a horsepower war shootout with everybody that oh, still yeah. has their cars. Amen. I'm down. Oh, we're completely down for that. I mean, you guys should come to one of our big end banger races. When? Let me know when. 
Yeah. We'll have a bunch of them, but if everybody can get together on a single event, that'd be awesome. But even like outside a single event, we'll still come out for your guys' cash days and stuff like that, even with other cars. Y'all ain't getting off that easy. You're going to get it one way or another. <laughs> well, Listen, I know Marcus is dying, just dying to beat me. Like, I can, I, I can feel the tension. He was so we ready found out about that dipstick me. tube. That was the end of us once we got home. <laughs> the hole in the dipstick tube was our problem this whole time. Oh, uh, that's that... where I was blowing the oil from? Yeah. Yeah, one of them good old rotted 2002 Tahoe dipsticks because we can't afford them in our budget. You guys should fucking get like $10,200 or something. Like, like dumb shit like that. Dipsticks and fucking like bullshit wiretap fees. Well, what I love was when we were, it took us a while to get this call started just for the simple fact that everybody was having fun talking trash on the on the call bef before we got started. And Marcus called Jim right out. He's like, off the trailer, let's go. And Jim didn't even bat an eye. That's what I love about this season is y'all are a bunch of killers. You don't care. It's like, we're just going to race. You, If we didn't kick you guys out of the track and take your cars away, you'd have raced till 4 in the morning on race this day. Is, yeah, Dimitri is our witness. We, we actually asked. asked, could we run Adam and Nick back for a pot on the side off of production? We wanted that race back. I was super was excited early. We are like, hey, man, we, thought... we don't own the car, but can we still go out there? <laughs> I was excited to scatter that thing against you. <laughs> I was hoping, you know, we almost yeah, had it by it I know all the racers, I think we all wanted to run it backwards, but I don't think the track owner was maybe comfortable, but that would have been awesome to run that thing backwards. He probably oh. had heard how some of us were talking about our no prep races and stuff. He's like, man, maybe these aren't a good crew to have out here. <laughs> <laughs> the one of the things we do like to do on the production side is find fun and interesting ways to torture the cast each year, whether it's, you know, Team Biggin being awarded that awesome wagon or the Olympics, or we, we try to find different ways. And the, the race from the top end, as soon as someone suggested that, we all look at each other like, oh, we got it. We got to see if we could do this just because it would have completely everything on its head. Jim really would have been fucked. <laughs> yeah. I'm not All the teams were for it. That would have been the worst way to go. Wasn't though, um, top end, Correct. sure. If it's no prep, you got to do no. You got to do top end. Yeah. The biggest thing and they I, noticed there was the track was only eight mile long total. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. At least oh. we'd run back into the pits and not off the cliff. <laughs> Dude, that was scary. Yeah. Listen, when I couldn't yeah. see any cars, first thing I thought of, I'm falling off the cliff of this fucking mountain. I think that's that's a good part about like the these four teams was nobody was like a lot of people race and they're they're afraid to lose none of us are like everybody only wants to race to win but none of us were afraid to lose and I think that's what makes a good season I think from the production standpoint kind of looking back you know Demetri can might be a test to this too is like our fear is, you know, not having four cars. But I'm, you know, in back of my mind, I'm like, these dudes are not afraid to drive over a crank to win. Hopefully, they wait until eliminations to do that, right, Dimitri? Yeah, I mean, that's always, you know, not necessarily our biggest fear, but we always want to have four running race cars at the end of the ten days, and then we always want at least four cars going into eliminations. I mean, that's, you know, it's, it's not fun having a, a three car shootout. And um, I mean, obviously everyone can agree when it came to seeing if Gio was able to come back in after that, uh, that first day at the racetrack. 
I don't even think he would have got an unsafe start ticket if a cop would have saw that, though. <laughs> you know how many of our friends were mad? They were so disappointed. They were so sure that was us. Yeah, you guys totally made it look like it was going to be us. Yeah, and then they were they were so sure it was us, and then when it wasn't, they were just kind of like, ah. Oh. All right, we've got a couple more segments I want to do here before we close things out. And before we go to the, uh, to the mean comment portion of the show, I'm going to ask each of you one more question. We'll start with Jim. If you could go back and do it all over again, you know, would you change anything? What would you do different? Nitrous. <laughs> well, you know, as far as to win, I would have built the nitrous car, sure. Because, I mean, what Team Mac ran out there, we run that with junk. I mean, that's – and it's – it's people around here know that. Like, you know, Amanda's old nitrous Mustang runs 570s and 80s, and it didn't – it was just a little nitrous plate car. Um, and it runs at no prep, you know what I'm saying, from the top end back, that that type of racing. That's the stuff that, that uh, we built that car to do. Um, but with that being said, I don't think that I'll change anything except coming in with a full team – um, and being a little more careful as to the mistakes that we made and stuff that, uh, you know, we, we did that we just didn't know we did, I guess you can say. But I wouldn't change it for the world because I feel like it made us all a better team. You know, my, I'm, it's, it's a, that's a sore subject for me because, like, yeah, to win, we would have showed up and done, a, done a, uh, probably a nitrous big block deal, and uh, – I think we would have had it covered or we could have done it for small like something that I do all the time I've done for the last 20 years. Um, obviously a blown deal would have been great, but it doesn't fit in the budget, but nitrous deal certainly fits. Um, but with that being said, I wouldn't have changed anything because of what we learned and what we took away from it. So I guess, you know, and the $10,000, that's a lot of money to, uh, you know, to put in your pocket to, to win a race. But the amount of knowledge that I gained from coming out there and doing what we did and, and where we're at now, you can't buy for $10,000. So for that, no. As much as I'd like to have drove out of their lives uh, with what we can do, um, I just feel like that was a better situation. So now going forward, you know, we, we can say we've done it and we learned a lot. And, and that's education is, you know, something that has a price tag on it. So uh, we got took to school and there's no question about it. Uh, you know, Marcus was saying that, um, you know, if we erased it from the top back, I'd have been in really, really bad trouble. Well, I mean, I, I can honestly say, guys, I think we lost at everything. You know what I'm saying? We lost <laughs> <the time. laughs> Like, we lost, we lost stuff we should have never lost. So, like, if we'd have ran it backwards, um, I mean, I, I don't think we could have lost worse. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> got our asses at every turn. But at the end of the day, I brought my father, my wife, David Reese, and my head crew guy, Brett, out to California with our entire family. And we did this thing. And it's probably the last turnkey complete build that dad and I will do. Um, just because of, you know, dad's getting up in his age. But my dad worked like a mule out there. Uh, and there was no quitting no quit any of our guys. Um, so I, I think that, you know, no, I don't think I would have changed anything about it because we needed it. And, uh, mm -hmm. that was an experience unlike, you know, anything else we've ever done. And so, you know, hats off to all you guys, you guys were great. 
Uh, the viewers at home, hopefully you get to watch this stuff. Uh, I know a lot of you, you know, think that uh, think that I'm an asshole or I'm a dick or whatever because I give these guys a hard time. But I mean, they they're right. Don't see, they don't see really how good we all are and that we all talk, uh, we all cut up. But uh, you guys did a good job editing it and making it look like there was some bad blood. Um, when really, you know, I, I don't, the only time I ever got excited, uh, the the mine and Lonnie's deal uh, from the tech side of things. That was the only time I got excited during the entire show, and it had nothing to do with any other team. But the show didn't get a chance to show that. You know, it had it had zero to do with any other team uh, or what they were doing. But um, you know, I love all you guys. We had a great time, and uh, hopefully, That's we nice. can uh, we can all do it again another time, and you know, we can uh, we can show up and show out. Geo, yep. if you know, I, the, it's a loaded question for you. You know, what What could you change? But I guess what's the biggest thing? If you could go back and change anything, what would you change? I mean, given the circumstances, again, you know, I brought a team together that had never worked together. So we had to kind of find out, you know, what was going to happen as a team as a whole. Um, there's really, realistically not many things we can change. As, as Jim said, you know, the, there's – things that you're going to learn as you go. And, and without that, you're not going to get that education. So you might as well get out of the way right now and, and learn for the future. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. UPS, FedEx, all of them. That's that, you know, funny you mentioned that Jim, cause, cause that's something I was actually talking about, but um, yeah, realistically um, I talked to a couple people, um, you know, including Dimitri when I was asked this, as far as, you know, doing it again and, and what would change, I, I would just need the parts to be there. That's it. I think everybody would, um, you know, get the parts there and, and just get to it and figure things out as you go. Uh, everybody has a plan until things happen, like I said, and, and things happen a lot for everybody. <clears throat> now, more than anything from both seasons, I do want to say this, you know, people go in there talking a lot of trash and we're going to win this and that. But at the end of the day, if you're a true racer, and I've experienced this on both seasons, if one team is in a bad predicament, somebody is going to go help them out because you want to have four cars running and you don't want to win by DQ. You, you want to earn it. You know what I mean? So I think, you know, uh, given the circumstances, everybody, you know, knocked it out the park, man. We all went and we took care of business. There were several times when, when Marcus and myself, we had a couple conversations. That was one of the things they never showed we were trying to find an engine. I kid you not. We had one engine locked in and uh, I was sending the guys to go purchase it. And, and the kid says, I got to ask my dad. And this was literally like on an ad for sale. I'm like, what do you mean? Like we need this now. And, and that kind of was a bust. So we found an engine like five hours away and we, we didn't know if it was a gen four or not. Uh, but Marcus found an engine for us. And that's another thing that, that they didn't show on there. You know, um, he was looking out for us without even needing to. Uh, a couple, you know, when it came to Jim, Jim was like, hey, whatever you need, we got it. There was a couple of things, you know, we, we try to help everybody with. So, you know, I just, you know, given the circumstances, you, you go into it and, and you, you know, you go out swinging. But more importantly is, you know, the camaraderie you make and, and you see what everybody's about, man. True racers are going to want to go out there and race. And you, you don't want to see somebody go down in flames. You help them out. You know, if you got a problem with your transmission, with the tune-up, whatever, hey, we're here. We're going to help. It is what it is, man. You just try to move forward from it and have fun with it. I think that's what I, I, I would like to tell everybody. You know, if you get a chance to do this, it's, it's a competition, but enjoy it while you're there. 
um, because not many people will get to experience this. And, and in essence, this should kind of be like a life ordeal. You know, we all go through certain circumstances in our lives and nothing's promised. Tomorrow's not promised. So, you know, we went out there, we met some good friends. Um, I got together with a group of guys that I never met together. We're, we're close friends now. I met all you guys, you know, um, you're all friends. And, and that's what it's about, man. You go out there, you meet people and, uh, you know, you just keep going with life. I mean, it is what it is, you know. Marcus and Bobby, what would you guys change if you could go back in time? Uh, my tuner? Yeah, let's, let's take one right <laughs> off the bat. <laughs> Good old tuner. Um, oh, the Carl sauce. I mean, besides uh, just double-checking, you know, orders and making sure your orders are going through and shit like stuff like that, um, I wouldn't really change too much because – we had a good time. We had a good experience. Uh, we knocked it out the park. I think, you know, a team, like I can't ask for anything more out of them guys. Uh, another thing to, to show them show is uh, we was down a guy the whole, the whole build, you know. We never, we never had a full set of guys. Even when Carl was there, we still had a full set of guys. Um, and like what Gio was saying, of us helping each other out, they don't show either that, you know, uh, Justin from Gio's team came over like, hey, guys, you know, I don't want to step on your toes. I got a tune-up if you guys want to try to see if your car could spool. Yeah, we put it in there, and the car did spool, you know what I mean? And we worked from that. We took the tune-up, and we, you know, we worked from that, and we asked, you know, asked Adam a question if I needed a question. I went to David Reese, asked him a question if I needed a question, you know what I mean? We yeah. all helped each other out, you know what I mean? One way or another. Coming in, like Gio said, if the other teams didn't help us or we didn't help Gio, we wouldn't have four cars. Right. And there was a lot of times where each team, I know me and Adam have went back and forth about wiring, me and Kelby, Marcus has went back and forth on motor stuff with Jim and everything. There's a lot of times when each of us needed some sort of tech advice that the other team had. Mm -hmm. But then, like he said, we're all friends now. We're seeing pictures of each other's families on Facebooks every day. Yeah. We're seeing day-to-day -day base. We're all friends just from the show, just from going out and building a car against each other. Yeah. But there's a couple of things you would do different, you know, reading the rules a little different. I mean, I would change a different combination. I wouldn't go with the same combination. Um, other than that, like I said, there's not much. For teams going into it, like even if you're applying and everything, the biggest thing is, man, read the rules because you That's don't need to cheat. You can find a lot of gray areas in the rules. And even mm -hmm. as far as like the free parts list, like the sponsored items, there was a lot of times where teams like lacked the cook's them. Order. Look at the cook's order. You know what I mean? Had the team didn't get the cook's order, you didn't get all the elbows and stuff because you didn't read it. It was right there. You had to just read it, you it know? It was just fine print. Same thing with the oil pans at Moroso. Moroso said oil in the system. Me and Bobby sitting here just like we are right now. I said, hey, let's throw oil pan on there and see if let's we get it. Oil pan. We're going to go say no. You know what I mean? And sure, sure cracker, it showed up at the shop. Little stuff like that hurt the teams, and I think that was the biggest thing is a lot of us overlooked the rules. We just looked at the general, okay, we got $10,000. Not, oh, we have a spec motor list stuff. There's stuff that we could machine shops and stuff. There was a lot of stuff. We all got the rule book. We know there's a lot of gray things in there that needed addressed. Jim got a different rule book. Jim's rule book is there was three no pages rule book. long. You just threw that thing out. <laughs> it, it says it you have $10,000 in 10 days, and you... the third page says do what you want. You That's get... it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, Adam, like this. Adam and Nick, the champions, what would you guys do different of anything? Um, 
you know, we got really lucky, and it would have been my fault, and Nick would have never let me hear the end of it. We didn't, or I didn't read the rules real well, even though, I mean, I looked at a bunch of times, but didn't look real close that um, the E85 and non-intercooled deal. And, or I'd kind of forgotten it, I think, from when we originally planned. And we were like two and a half weeks out when I was going through stuff again and seeing that. And I'm like, oh, shit, wait. So I called, I, I messaged somebody. I was like, hey, we need to switch to race gas and we need our intercooler because we've been playing all year, uh, you know, head gasket assassin on my combo, <laughs> looking like gyms all day because the E85 and, and non-intercooled game is very tough. And if on an SBE, it's really really tough and then you get up to that elevation life just sucks so we got super lucky on that end um the other thing which we couldn't have changed but i wish we could have all done was that opening orientation when we couldn't all kind of have a pizza and beer together right that that would have been so it would have helped out i think everybody's mesh you know the, by the end of the week we're all brothers but it took longer to get there where if we would have had that first day, I think, or so to be able to really hang out and communicate, I think uh, it would have made the show even maybe more better because everybody, the better you get along and the, we like to have fun with each other. So we could have built some relationships. I didn't start talking to uh, Ricky Bobby to freaking like day six. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. Dude, that was exactly. Once we started talking, we hit it off. We're like, damn, we're all ball breaking dudes. We drink at the end yeah, of the conversation. The same shit, like, you know I wish we would. I didn't start talking. One. We didn't start fucking with you until you start playing that weak bitch song after you won that challenge. <laughs> I was like, hey, watch this. And then they were all like, Nick, you're being mean to them. Like, listen, they'll think it's funny. Right? You just fill us in the car, man. That's our rules. But One yeah, thing, you don't know. I'm sure you guys all seen. We have no care about each other's feelings, whether our friends or not our friends. Yep, the same. Normally, if we're giving you hard times, because we probably like you. If I'm yeah. not talking, we're to trying to I see how like much you. you can withstand. Yeah. Yep. So if we, it would have been cool to have all the relationships happen sooner. Um, it just would have made for more fun. I mean, yeah, Joe Scams and and Brandon that was on out in front with you guys too. Those two guys. Are hilarious. They're hilarious on the show. Yeah, the they're whole time. two ball breakers, just like the rest. Dude, of they us. are, man. They're the best. They're like really good, top notch. Like when I was getting murdered by Lonnie, um, <laughs> they, they didn't even get all the best so video hard. on there. Oh, I mean, no, they, they only were, showed uh, the half of it. And I'm sure that a lot of people don't know. Dimitri sent us home with a GoPro for a few days. There's some footage on there about you, everybody getting grinded <laughs> up that didn't get out. Oh shit! <laughs> Release it. I'll tell you what, if the mutual release, if he released that video, one of our teammates is getting divorced. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. <laughs> no, no, no. Divorced. You guys were just going to Del Taco every night. For like season four bloopers, <laughs> toss it in somewhere else. Well, on the whole uh, ball breaking note, let, let's get into uh, what has been referred to on other shows as uh, mean tweets. I didn't want to send these to you guys. I'll just read them, and you guys can react and get chuckles out of these. You might have read some of you might not have. And we're not going to redact any names here because if you're going to post them on social media or on YouTube, yep. we're going to name names because you put it out there. So uh, Backyard Built Trucks says, so tired of these cookie-cutter LS turbo builds. Knocked off a share of them on my own with an NA setup. Really? <laughs> uh, where's he from? He must be from like deep down south where they don't have fast shit anywhere. He, he definitely dates his sister. Yeah, yeah there's... he's a small block yeah. board guy. That's what he that's is. What we like. We yeah. like to call these guys Neff's son. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, he's a definite Neff's son. 
<laughs> the, the next one is uh, might might catch Jim in the feels. Dustin Engler says it's funny. The biggest meanest looking guy on the show is a crybaby. <laughs> well, what's that guy's name? Talking, talking about you, Jim. They was talking about Marcus. I didn't do no <laughs> crying. We got a teddy Marcus bear over here. You always look angry, Jim. <laughs> all, all I've got to say to that shit is that it, you know everybody's got to play until they get punched in the face. <laughs> yeah. So Jim's gonna punch that dude in the face. Yeah. Sounds like. Listen, Jim is a big teddy bear. He I is. saw him play hot hands. All he right, he's, yeah. he's not that tough. <laughs> hey, you know, there's another side of this thing that, nope, that production didn't catch. You guys know we raced just about every night when we were out there. We raced our. Oh room. yeah, we raced the rental vans. We all had the same exact <laughs> rental vans, and we all raced every hey, time. We all know who had the fastest van. Yeah, we got you, Ricky. We might have needed a transmission by then. How did our rental and our car need a transmission? Yeah. Marcus is telling people in Philly, yeah, I mean, I've beaten Nick Taylor before. No big deal. Yeah, no big deal. Yeah, it might, it have might not have been that It was in the van. I ain't talking about what it was in, though. We are both on small tires all seasons. Yeah. <laughs> Tyler Diaz writes in his reaction to episode seven, weak. What was the name on that? Tyler Diaz. Tyler Diaz says you guys are weak. Um, he needs more description. That's a, that's a weak description. Hey, just just can I revert back to what Marcus said? Is remember he's watching us on TV. Exactly. You know, hit the nail on the head with that one. I don't know. I mean, episode seven. So episode seven is the first race day. I mean, how could you not love it, that episode? There's there's fast fast cars. There's cars blowing up. We got. People breaking the rules, crashing gates down, going on the street, getting kicked off the show. I don't know. Seems like you know a good what episode. It is? <laughs> because they didn't get picked to do it. Yeah. That's the biggest thing for everyone. The fact that it's like, oh, it. we could have did that. Yeah, I bet you could have, but you didn't sign up yeah. like we did. It's what we call a street troll here. Yeah. Yeah. We we got two left here. I'm gonna save the, the my favorite for last. I'm gonna save that one for last. But uh Chris Ward writes, last year's cars would have eaten these cars alive. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, aren't, what turbo did they have on them last year's? Right. No, they, they had cast 80s on them last year, but the rules this year were more strict than they've ever been. We didn't have the turbo that, uh, that they had last year. Yeah, there was some snip trim. Tr- I mean, Adam and Nick might have been the rest of us. <laughs> Adam got that turbo. I was OEM. Didn't you read the cover? Yeah, it said OEM on it. It was uh, stock. Was Did OEM. you notice the first post with that truck home, bam, brand new turbo. Slam. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, the other one, one those ceramic on. – those- those ceramic bearings are only good for so long. Yeah, we don't wear them out up there. <laughs> we had to take them out. six passes. How much, longer did, how much longer were they on there? <laughs> we're hard on stuff. Yeah. Oh, man. Our, our, our last comment is from YouTube, and I'm going to try to do my best with this person's screen name. Nissandet1 writes in. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what's going on with that name, but, you know, they say it's hard to believe some of these people actually build cars. <laughs> well, if you don't know what you're talking about, then it might be. Yeah, in 10 days. We built them in 10 days, guys. Yeah. <laughs> in California. In a place we've never been. Like, hey, go, let's take a group of guys, put them in the middle of nowhere they've never been in life, and build a race car. See, when Dimitri suggested this segment, I loved it just for the simple fact 
that people love to run their fingers <clears throat> and they got a lot of bark until the person they're speaking with or talking to is close enough that you can smell their breath. Then all of a sudden it's like, oh, maybe I'm going to, maybe I'm going to back this one down a bit. Especially, you know, I, I don't think anybody would dare speak to, to Jim or Marcus in the way that they like to speak to them about online because uh, the, the TV definitely doesn't do those guys justice that they are. Uh, you guys aren't, uh, you ain't petite. You're definitely some big boys. Well, you don't, you don't gotta, you don't gotta be very close to smell Jim or Marcus's breath, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, it's been great having you on the show. It's a lot of fun, and I'm really looking forward to seeing these cars out doing street car things and no prep things in the future. I think it's gonna be great, and I am all for there being a reunion show or a reunion of the cars in an undisclosed location at some point with some filming going on for sure. I'd love to see that, guys. But well, I just like think we keep it no prep. Keep it interesting. It's so easy for us. Why yeah. don't we just keep the same surface? Well, not that surface. I'm sure a lot of us don't Worse. feel like driving yeah, back yeah. to Verona. Yeah, I'm we sure got we that. find we... somewhere a little easier for all of us. Mark, Marcus was right. It's a we have a YouTube channel now for our truck, so just look for a video of me beat Marcus again pretty soon. Oh boy! I told you, just pick a date and deposit. Yo, know, Cross uh, Fox is sitting here with the radio still playing. Every, every sprue get lucky, you know what I mean? Every sprue get lucky. <laughs> Dimitri, we're gonna have to shut this <laughs> down. Boys ain't gonna stop. All right. We, we are gonna have to shut it down. But guys, all I, all I wanted to run Jim. One by run, he would have had it. <laughs> like, like Adam said, Jim always go, but like, if my car wouldn't have broke, I would have beat you. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, we're going. We're going to the North versus South race, January sixteenth. Can you guys make that? I'm gonna go wherever Mississippi. you at. I'm following your ass. You said that's in Mississippi. <laughs> yeah. What are you guys doing this Mississippi. weekend? Mississippi. Go for Mississippi. It's a long uh, shot, but this weekend. Getting ready for Hoonigan. Well, if you guys know Philadelphia, you know that New Year's Day is like the biggest no prep race around here for all of us. Twenty thousand. Wow. No, no prep. No, no, no. Like we this, like this is a brand new airport. Yeah, this is just Never an airport that we found last week. It's twenty thousand to win, two fifty a car. All you gotta do is come on twenty eights. It's the only rule. Twenty eight, ten five, non W. Jim, oh, that includes oh. your little Elko in there too. We're heading back. To oh, another car sits on 28s. I ain't got to bring the Elko. Oh, yeah, boy. We got a oil drop at Elko. Is that, hey, is that the one that does donuts on the street? <laughs> donuts. <laughs> oh, boy. On that note, we're done, guys. guys Thank you so much for coming on the show, guys. All right, guys. We'll, we'll see you, you in the later. future. Later. See you guys. Yep. Y'all have a good one. Yep. yep.